0: Alright, welcome back to the Dark Light Show. My name is Josh. I hope everybody is having a fantastic week so far and had a a great weekend as well. And so we begin the week of all weeks, right? The week after the raid. You know, there's a lot that has came out in the the last few days since the FBI has raided Mar-a-Lago. We're learning a lot more. We're learning a lot more about uh, the the motivations behind it. We're learning about what the FBI did there on site. We're learning about what potentially uh, kicked it all off. That's right. I mean, uh, according to Trump's niece, right? According to Trump's niece, the the Mar-a-Lago mole was none other than uh, Jared Kushner. <laughs> Yeah, the the son-in-law. That that's right. So, Mary Trump said on the Dean uh, Obadala's show on Friday um, that we need to start with who would have access to this stuff. I don't think Mark Meadows would have access to it, and then she goes ahead and points to trigger the finger, the Jared Kushner, which is very interesting because I don't know if you guys uh, have followed Jared and. Uh, Ivanka, especially from like 2018, um, I've always looked at Jared as a snake. I, I absolutely do. I think he is a, uh, an infestation in the Trump family. Um, doesn't matter if he has kids with Ivanka or what. But uh, 2018 as well, is uh, you can go back and look at the members, uh, the people who attended the Bilderberg meetings. Yeah, this is the Bilderberg Group. If you don't know who that is, back in 1954, uh, a group of men globally started meeting. This was started by Prince Bernard, and uh, they started meeting and started talking about world events and how world events shall unfold. This is royalty, world leaders. This is heads of business and commerce, now which includes... Senators and representatives and heads of the intelligence community and uh, department heads of state and everybody else you could think of in between. But uh, Ivanka and Jared actually went to that meeting back in in 2018, which I find quite interesting. Because Jared was there actually two years in a row. But uh, yeah, Mary Trump coming out and saying that uh, I bet it was Jared Kushner. And he probably did it for money. That's right. You know what? Can't prove it, but it makes a lot of sense. But but here's the thing. What did they find? What did they really find at Mar-a-Lago? We have every indication that Trump and his team knew that they were coming. We can follow the uh, the paper trail. We know that they had been contacting Donald Trump. There was many indications that the FBI was going to do something more than what they were saying. We know that they had requested that he put locks on that door, put it into a special area, as well as that he were return various types of information. Now they're coming out and saying that Donald Trump had state secrets pertaining to nuclear. Well, you know, we hear that word nuclear, or nuclear weapons, and we, we immediately think like you know ICPMs and types of things like that. But th- there's another perspective you need to take here. Whenever you hear the word nuclear, don't think in the sense of actuality or literal, but think in the word of classification. Now, things that are typically nuclear fall under the Department of Energy, and they fall under um, a clearance of Q clearance or above. Not trying to reference the stuff that we talked about last week, but this is what it falls under. Pertaining under that level of clearance, because the Department of Energy, that people don't realize, also manages bioweapons, biowarfare. And so potentially, the nuclear could obtain to classification, and we could be talking about documents that maybe prove that uh, China released a bioweapon. Just saying. I You never know. But I think Donald Trump set them up. I think he set the FBI up. I think he set up the Biden administration. I think that the Biden administration is desperate. They see a red wave coming. And they can't stop it. They see the inability to cheat in November. And they can't stop it. They know if things go the way that the American people want it to go that they lose the House, they lose the Senate, they lose power, they lose everything. And and you and I both know that there is no way that the Democrats can allow this to happen. The liberals can allow the Republicans even to take over one house. They have to have the public perception aligned with their motivations. They have to have the public on their side. And what better way to do that through the public perception is, is the control of social media, the control of the mainstream media. Then with the raid of Mar-a-Lago, the indictment of Donald Trump on Uh, through the Espionage Act with sedition and treason. I mean, they're going to go through this. They are going to go through this. There's no if, ands, or buts at this point. These people have lost their absolute mind. And they are coming after Donald Trump. Now, this is something to keep in mind, too, because if they're coming after Donald Trump, A few weeks ago, we talked about how they're coming after Alex Jones. Now, an interesting thing about that. In 2016, when Donald Trump announced his candidacy for president of the United States, does anybody know the first place that he did that at? That was on the Alex Jones show. Think about that. He announced his candidacy. On the Alex Jones show. And now the two people being publicly attacked and accosted by this deep state are Donald Trump and Alex Jones. They they are going to try to take them down. And once they take them down, they're coming for us. And I don't mean this in in a fear-mongering way. Like, they're going to... The government is going to be tyrannical and they're going to come for us. Actually, I do. <laughs> but not in like a fear-mongering way. They are coming for us. 87,000 new IRS agents. Armed to the teeth. The Inflation Reduction Act, as you, uh, you dig into it. There's a three-member committee in Congress ran by liberal Democrats that is uh, meant to look and review every bill that comes out and provide a summary report on uh, how it affects the uh, the American people pertaining to taxes. Their summary report on the Inflation Reduction Act says that people making under $200,000 people making under $200,000 are gonna be hit the hardest with about $18.4 billion increase in taxes per year. So so when you have Jean-Pierre out there saying, if you're making under $400,000 a year, there's gonna be no new taxes. Yeah, absolutely no new taxes, but there's going to be a massive rise in taxes. And when you don't pay it or when you fall behind or when you lose your job or whatever it might be, the IRS is gonna show up armed to your door and instead of asking you questions like, hey, we're, we're here to audit you, they're going to say, how many guns do you have in the house? We need to come in and take a look around. The Gestapo, the Stasi. See, Marxism, communism, any way we want to look at it, is at our door. I had the, uh, the pleasure of interviewing um, Congressman and uh, Dr. Paul Gosar from Arizona um, back in, I think it was about a, about a year ago, September of 2021. And um, my brother Jason was on the show with me and he asked uh, uh, Congressman Gosar about uh, communism. And he said, you know, uh, we have a lot of things happening in this world and how, how far away are we from communism? And Congressman Gozar said, How far away? He said, Communism is here. It already knocked on the door and jammed its foot so the door can't close. And it's now forcing its way inside. That's coming from a an active member of Congress. They've already infiltrated our Our social structures, our cultural structures, our media and entertainment, our political systems. And it's been like this for a very long time. But now, it's like they come out of the shadows. They pull off the mask and say, I'm here. And what are we to do? sit by and, and allow it to happen? No, I don't think so. See, there's a reason why they hire 87,000 armed IRS agents. Barack Obama talked about it in the sense of a national police force. He wanted to bring about a national police force, but although the Constitution grants him no authority to do so. And at the time, there was massive rhetoric against it. So what he did instead is he started arming every branch of the government that he possibly could. Changing the hiring requirements. Bringing in people that can be easily controlled and manipulated. And then giving them proper training in law enforcement and weapons. And and I uh, put quotation marks around proper training. Um, I've been to... U.S. federal government law enforcement training schools <laughs> in there. Um, hey, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say that uh, Fleety or, or Quantico don't have any, a lot going on. I mean, the, those guys know what they're doing, but not everybody. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna be back with more Dark to Light show right after this. We'll be right back. <laughs> Dark to light with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, and uh, yeah, you know the, the the economy and the financial system. That's all. That's a whole different conversation, and, and we'll get into that later this week because that's an incredibly important topic. Because right now, it, it seems that the the economy just doesn't do what it normally is supposed to do. (laughs) There's economists going out there writing new books because they don't understand what's happening. It's called market manipulation. It's called when you have a handful of global corporations and institutions that control the flow of money, the cost of money, They control the buying of various different stocks, bonds, equities. When they control government policy and regulation, you get what you got now. They can manipulate and forge the world into anything they wish and see. Anything that happens only happened because they wanted it to happen. But what we're talking about here is... This precedent that was set by the raid of Donald Trump and Mar-a-Lago. How they are coming for Donald Trump. They, they will indict Donald Trump. My guess is that they will indict Donald Trump on or before November 3rd. Right? On or before November 3rd. My, my, my money would be on November 3rd. And it's kind of like serendipitous because if you understand what, uh, what people in our government did to Hillary Clinton three days before the election in 2016, that's why I think 11-3 would be the date uh, as well as it has pertainment to other things that we've talked about. But I do believe that they will indict Donald Trump and they will go to arrest him. And I think what will happen when that happens is uh, Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, will step in. I think that he will uh, he'll issue blanket immunity for Donald Trump in the state of Florida. I think that the Florida state legislator will immediately um, suspend federal agents' jurisdiction within the state of Florida. And Donald Trump will be safe within that state for a time being. And I think it's going to cause a constitutional crisis, honestly. But we'll see what happens because the Democrats, they, they, they need that public sentiment of the arrest of Donald Trump. They've already had the raid on Donald Trump. And, and you go out there and you talk to highly uninformed people and they're going to say, well, you know, Donald Trump deserved it. He had classified information. Oh, did he? Did you see it? Do, do you know what he had? Well, you know, they're reporting that he had nuclear secrets and all Really, really, do do you know that's what he had? Oh, don't give me that jargon about them planting evidence. Why not? You don't put that past them? You know, I was listening to a lady on TikTok the other day talk about how Donald Trump has been impeached twice. And uh, that he's guilty of all these crimes. And I said, you know, there's no... uh, there's no legal jurisdiction from the House of Representatives. So the House of Representatives can have a trial, and if the majority votes that you're guilty, even though all, no, all the evidence shows that you're innocent, you'd still be found guilty by the House of Representatives. It, it has nothing to do with a, a measuring of the basis of the evidence. It has everything to do with a political affiliation and a political agenda. Now, I've said this before, and and we're going to start seeing it again, is that we're going to have the rise of radicalism. This is what happens when you divide a country the way they're dividing it right now. This is what happens when you have this political destabilization. If you remember the firestorm event that I've talked about, right, is... All of these things play into each other. We have the, the economic collapse that's inbound, the, the, the destruction of the supply chain and infrastructure that have destabilized. And these put social pressures on people. And these social pressures basically produce instability within people's lives. They produce extra stressors, right? Right? And now if you add in the social and the cultural destabilization that comes through the manipulation of media, of information, of propaganda, of psychological warfare, all of this plays into itself. And you begin to see this massive divergence of this normality. And people begin to get crazy. Just this weekend, man killed himself after ramming the United States Capitol barrier. He drove his car into a barricade near the U.S. Capitol early Sunday and began firing gunshots in the air before fatally shooting himself. The incident happened just before 4 a.m. at a vehicle barricade at the east side of uh, uh, the East Capitol Street, Northeast, on 2nd Street, Southeast, in Washington. It comes at a time when law enforcement authorities across the country are facing an increasing number of threats, and federal officials have warned about the potential of violent attacks on government buildings in the days since FBI search of former President Donald Trump's Mar a Lago estate. The attack is reminiscent of an uh, incident when a man drove the vehicle into uh, two Capitol Police officers at a checkpoint in 2021, killing an 18-year-old veteran. Now, also the rumor was is that this man also uh, had set his vehicle on fire. (laughs) Um, Not laughing, just laughing, you know. What else do we have? We have armed Trump supporters are protesting outside of the FBI building in Phoenix following the Mar-a-Lago raids. We had armed Trump supporters showing up in Florida outside Mar-a-Lago. People are pissed. (laughs) What else do you want to say? Come on. People are on edge. People are mad. People are sick and tired of where this world is heading. We have the complete weaponization of our federal government who is acting incredibly Orwellian you know you had that job posting we 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 went out, we covered this last week the job posting from the IRS where they had the major duties that uh, the new IRS agents 87,000 IRS agents are going to adhere to work a minimum of 50 hours per week maintain a level of fitness ne- uh, necessary to a Effectively respond, use deadly force, uh, not be afraid to arrest people. You know, those types of things. This puts people on edge. This takes people and says, what is going on with our country? Why, why in the world does the government need 87,000 new IRS agents and why would any Republican ever approve that bill? Why would any Democrat approve that bill? I mean, you've got to have just as angry Democrats about that. They don't like taxes e- either. You know, just a transitional. There was an interesting story that came out this weekend, and, and it caught my interest because it kind of correlates to things that I've, uh, I, I've uh, researched before. Anna Hesch, 53-year-old actress, passed away this last week. Last week, she was in a uh, fiery car crash. I'm going to leave that there. We're going to to come back after the break. We're going to talk about Anne Hash and why this is interesting and maybe how it's connected. We'll be back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. Dark to Light with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back to the Dark to Light show. Uh, We're going to go to the lines quickly. Matt Menden, what's up, man? Hey, I just wanted to say that I I think you're leaving out a very important thing that's massive. I think they're trying to create the uh, American people to uh, create chaos and go against the government so they can declare martial law and then President Biden stays put. Well, absolutely, 100%. I I was saying that all last week is that this is the big plan, is they want to produce this divide. They want a civil war. They want martial law. They want a reason to implement martial law. And I I typically think that they want to do that before the election. So, So you don't have to have the election. That's probably one of the easiest ways for the Democrats to stay in power is to declare martial law. Exactly. And I apologize if I didn't hear it last week. I'm in and out of the truck here in the radio. So, but anyway, no great worries. show. No. Thanks, thanks very much for putting me on. Appreciate it, Matt. Take care, bud. And, and he's right. This is what they want. They want martial law. And the reason they want martial law is because think about what happened in Ukraine. Immediately when Russia began their special military operation into Ukraine. President Zelensky in Ukraine declared martial law, seized the government, arrested all opposition party, even active members of parliament, arrested them all. By the way, most of them, <laughs> you don't even know where they are right now because they're dead, arrested all opposition parties. That's like, that's like Joe Biden, right? Right? Going in and arresting all Republicans in the House and the Senate. Think about that. And then all political opposition. And right after Zelensky did this, is he began implementing social credit scores, digital IDs, more Marxist ideology. And see, I think that uh, the Biden administration will make this move because they understand that they cannot win in November. They cannot win legitimately in November. With that being said, if you can't win legitimately in November, then if you declare martial law and you suspend elections because of some national or global crises, this buys them time. They can put off the elections for as long as they want. And as well as they can go after uh, any political opposition that they, they wish for. And they can even blame that political opposition as being an instigator for the global crisis that is occurring. I mean, you see how this all fits into their plan. So Matt, you're absolutely right. Because if they did that, if they declared martial law, there will most likely be a push towards civil war. Social unrest will absolutely happen. There will be protests. There will be angry people. There will be violence in the streets. But it will be fueled towards a point of civil war. And the reason why is because they haven't gotten the guns yet. They want your guns. The moment they get all the guns, oh man, America's gone. So I appreciate that call, Matt. You're, you're, You're right on that. So, Anne Hesch, I want to go back to this real quick. Excuse me. So, she was driving erratically. Her car was speeding, like, incredible speeds through rural neighborhoods. She, like, crashed and then was speeding. But then it was found out she wasn't intoxicated. She had a little bit of cocaine in her system, but... I know people who've done cocaine and driven on it, and I've never heard of anybody being intoxicated while driving on cocaine. It just... (laughs) <laughs> you're more alert than you've ever been before in your life. You're not uh, swerving and bumping into stuff. So her actions really don't match what things are, are adding up to. Anyways, she crashes this Mini Cooper, completely flattens the top. There is, it, it didn't look like there's any way anybody could have survived that. They pull her out on a gurney. Now, a lot of people are saying it was a body bag. It's not a body bag, people. Okay? And the reason I say it's not a body bag is because her feet are hanging out. If if they put a body in a body bag, it's a body bag, right? Feet get tucked in, head gets tucked in, they zip it up. It wasn't a body bag. It was just standard sheets. But they covered her face and everything else up. And they claim that she was burned incredibly badly. And you see them taking this gurney and and who knows if the firemen knew who she was or not. But it's interesting because she's covered up in the gurney, which makes you believe that she's dead. And the firemen are walking the gurney to the ambulance. They're not rushing the gurney to the ambulance. They don't think... You know, they're not acting like she's alive in in severe medical condition, which if she was, the moment they got that gurney out of the bush area, they would have rushed it to the ambulance. But they didn't. They walked it there. And right before she's being put in the ambulance, you see Ann Hesch sit up. Sit up. She pulls the sheets off. And now they're going to say that this was... uh, a, a, a neurological reaction of her body just tensing up. And, that's, and No, no. She pulls the sheets off. You see her arm move. She pulls the sheets off and sits up and they push her back down and throw in the ambulance. And she dies a few days later. That doesn't look like someone who is unconscious in a coma. You can see clearly from the images that she's not burned on that side of her body, which is the backside of her body. She's obviously trying to get up off the gurney, which indicates that she's okay. And immediately after this, she's in a coma. And then dies. Now, this is interesting to me because Anne Hesch was working on a Lifetime special called The Girl in Room 13. This special, which Lifetime is going to continue to air, is about human trafficking in Hollywood. Now, what's interesting about that? Chris Cornell, Anthony Bourdain, Chester Bennington, Kate Spade, all four of them had the same kind of relationship with human trafficking. Chester Bennington claiming through various different sources that he was a victim of childhood sexual abuse, that human trafficking was real. Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington, good friends, working on various different projects in Hollywood to bring out. The truth about human trafficking, one of them was a film known as Silent Children. And I know there's a lot of speculation on this. My friend Natalie Deese has actually investigated this part. Yes, they had funded parts of it. No, it wasn't the the determining factor of whether the film was going to be released or not. But yes, absolutely, 100%, that Chester and Chris Cornell were both financiers of it. Kate Spade was bringing about um, various investigations into human trafficking. Avicii was very, very outspoken about it. Anthony Bourdain, his girlfriend was apparently a woman who was formerly human trafficked. Him himself was part of this global elite, and apparently was coming out against it. Now we have Anne Hesh directly connected to human trafficking in Hollywood. Boom, dead. I truly believe there are no coincidences in this world. And I wanted to bring this up because I think it's important. Because, you know, they can take out these famous people. They can eliminate them like that. If you remember Michael Hastings back in 2000, was it 2014, where his Mercedes starts speeding at 185 miles per hour and a fiery crash runs into a tree. And people said that that was a CIA hit. That was done on him because of him calling out General McChrystal and getting General McChrystal fired, which they're absolutely right was. And then we see Ann Hesh's speeding erratic car, the same type of thing that happened to Michael Hastings. Why would the intelligence agencies being, begin covering up human trafficking and not wanting human trafficking to get out there to the world? Because it is a $380 billion tax-free business each year. And that's just what we know of. $380 billion tax-free each year. Add the drug trade into that. You're talking about almost a trillion dollar industry between drugs and human trafficking each year, tax-free. That is ran by organized quotation marks, around organized, crime. Another name for organized crime in the United States is the intelligence community. The the dark parts of the intelligence community. I mean, I saw this firsthand when I operated down in South America. You know, when we do a drug bust down in South America or at the borders and we seize cocaine, heroin, or anything like that, The majority of those drugs go back to South American governments in exchange for information, intelligence, or whatever they want to negotiate for. In other words, it goes directly back to the cartels. So we spend billions of dollars each year fighting the war on drugs to go out there and seize, let's say, two tons of cocaine right worth a few billion dollars two tons of cocaine we bring the cocaine back to the United States of America we throw our arms in the air yay we stop cocaine from coming to the streets yay it gets put onto a semi-tractor trailer by the DEA it gets taken to a warehouse 90% of it gets thrown back on a plane the plane flies over to colombia People at Columbia offload the plane and government, uh government suits. They'll put it on a truck and they send it back to the cartel. <laughs> and the cartel goes and puts it back on a boat and sends it back over to the United States of America. I'm not lying. This is how it works. This is exactly how it works. The other 5% of that cocaine would be destroyed, burned. And another 5% in the United States of America will be sent to the streets of the United States of America for undercover agents to do their thing, to gather new intel, and to redistribute. Now, do you think that our intelligence communities would just give 90% of that cocaine back to the quote-unquote Colombian government cartels for free? (laughs) No, (laughs) that's not how it works. See, they allow them to operate. They allow a certain percentage of that drug trade to actually go through. And the cartels just pay their fees. Whatever those fees may be. Maybe it's, uh, need a hetman, Need someone taken out. Need a regime change. That's the kind of fees that the intelligence communities require. There's just certain things in the world that, uh... You can only observe through experience, isn't it? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Dark Light Show right after this. We'll be right back. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, we're back on the Dark Delight Light show. Let's go to the lines, Keith. What's up? Uh, this is a fast sidelight about Anne Hae. It's the very time of nine one one in two thousand one. She was at the top of the news, having to do with her gay lifestyle. The way it was portrayed, I thought it was very self indulgent, like the the sun r- uh, rose and. Uh, Sank on her. It was all about her and her uh, lifestyle. And then actual 911 occurred again in 2001, and she was wiped right off the news pages. And I do believe her entertainment career never uh, came back. She she was gone, and she never came back. You look at 2001, her career in closing here, and uh, she was gone from the pages. Rightfully so. When we were hit there, Twin Towers. And she never came back career-wise. Well, yeah. She was a washed-up actress. That's why she's driving a Mini Cooper, not a Mercedes. <laughs> Appreciate the call, Keith. Um, yeah, and she was, uh, you know, one of those first people in the, the, the new century that come out and start talking about uh, being gay. Which, hey, if, if that's your personal choice, that's your personal choice. Um, that's between you and God, Right. But yeah, that was uh, interesting that that happened around the September 11th time frame, and so not only did she uh, bomb her career, but uh, sounds like they bombed her. But <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I had to. What do we got here? The first dog infected with monkeypox after sharing bed with gay couple. Well, good transition. Two gay men living in Paris developed monkeypox symptoms at the start of June and went to the hospital, uh, where their lesions were identified as being caused by the disease. The non-exclusive couple, aged 44 and 27, developed sore lesions in their anal regions, as well as over the rest of their body a week after having sex with other men. Twelve days after the couple reported the hospital suffering symptoms of monkeypox, their four-year-old male Italian greyhound was found to have developed lesions and postules on its stomach. This is one of the first reports of viruses transferring directly from humans to dogs. And that's a scary sign as well. That's, that's not what they want to see with uh, these, these types of viruses. Because the more mediums of transmission and propagation that there are, the more dangerous and virulent that these viruses can be. Which, that's not anything anybody wants to see. World Economic Forum article calls for artificial intelligence to monitor disinformation and hate speech. Yeah, the World Economic Forum called for censorship against what it calls the dark world of online harms in a recent article. They continue to beat the drum uh, of the need to somehow merge artificial intelligence and in humans as supposed panacea as much of um, any ill plaguing the society and economy. You know, what the World Economic Forum is, is they are the public mouthpiece for globalists and the Bilderbergers. All right, just, just understand that. They're like this think tank of ideas that decided to begin implementing like a year ago, or about uh, about 10 years ago, for the Bilderberg Group. If the Bilderberg Group is meeting every year and having closed-door meetings, um, secretive meetings, the World Economic Forum is kind of like their implementation house, their mouthpiece of the world. This is what we are going to do, right? And this is how we are going to do it. Born out of Nazism. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Go look at Klaus Schwab's mentors. <laughs> Go look at Klaus Schwab. Go look at his family history. Uh, no, his mother was not, uh, what was it, a Rothschild or whatever. That's, that's, that's highly inaccurate. But he does have a very, very interesting um, backstory. And at the very least, they are globalists. And if you guys have never heard of a guy by the name of Dr. Um, Noah Harari, who is the assistant to Klaus Schwab, this guy is radical of all radicals. Like this whole AI transhumanistic agenda, like um, human beings are hackable animals that we don't have free will. That they've developed artificial intelligence and AI systems now that can uh, basically control what we call free will. The World Economic Forum, as much as they come under the guise of doing something good for the world, are as evil as evil comes. Anything that claims that humans are soulless beings are hackable and controllable is evil in my book. But the World Economic Forum is pushing and pursuing their agenda. So if you've heard of Agenda 2030, Agenda 2050, Sustainable Development, ESG, Environmental Social Governments, DEI, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, These all fall under various U.N. plans, which have been formatted and developed and constructed by the World Economic Forum. And the World Economic Forum has utilized its power and influence to infiltrate many aspects of high finance, financial institutions, corporations, governance, and begin implementing these policies through the UN Sustainable Development Policies of Agenda 2030 directly. And this is transforming the world into a Marxist system. That's not a system we want. That's not a system of freedom. That's not a system of peace. And we are headed down that sad road. But I believe in humanity. I believe humanity will stand up, they'll step up step up, they'll rise up. And we will have freedom once again. That's all we have for you today on the Dark to Light Show, guys. We'll be back with you tomorrow with another episode. Take care, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.